All right, episode 21. You know what it is. You know who's back up in this mother griever. My name is Michael Walsh. I'm the host. This is the podcast. I'll grieve you with this. On this episode, I had a really nice conversation with comedian Eve Ellen Bogan about her show Dead Mom Stuff and the life events that uh, preceded such a show. She's doing it at the Fringe Festival in Edinburgh, which will wrap up later this week. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy listening to it. This is episode 21, Eve Ellen Bogan. Can you hear me all right, though? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, it sounds good. Good, yeah. Awesome. Um, Well, welcome welcome to the show, Eve Ellen Bogan. Uh, You got it. Yeah, I nailed it. Uh, <laughs> on previous episodes, I immediately mispronounced one person's name and, uh, it's haunted me ever since. Um, people always say my name wrong. I, I just, um, I just write them off the list of people to ever love, you know? Yeah, no, I understand. Um, I, have a, I have a similar list. Um, <laughs> yeah. and like you talked as I said it, I nailed it too, but I'm going to say it again, just because, uh, Eve Ellen Bogan. Okay. Yeah. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I I don't know if you're familiar with the show. Sometimes I interview comics that I know pretty well. Sometimes it's people that I don't know at all. I mm-hmm. think we could both agree you fall into the uh, second category. The latter. That's true. Yeah, I did listen a little bit to some of your other episodes. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, a little bit as in... Yeah, you don't, one need, of them. you don't need to, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, but I've yeah, it was like you listen to it at two two times speed, so you could really power through it. Not really I didn't. Well, have any I nuance. You know, it was it was I listened to one that was with someone I knew, and it was like really sad. And I I can do pretty sad, but I'm like, you know, right now I'm like immersed in all my sad stuff. So I was like, I can't do this right now. But I sure. listened, and I was like, oh yeah, usually he talks to people he actually knows. Yeah, um, but and we've never. Yeah. yeah, this is our first conversation. Um yeah. and you are in the thick of it. Uh <laughs> for the listeners that don't know what you're referencing. So um yeah, we don't know each other at all, but I know that you have a show called Dead Mom Stuff. That's right. You, you did a run of here in New York and now you're in Edinburgh. That's right. Festival. Yeah, I'm almost finished after a month in Edinburgh. All right. Well, hopefully we'll get a little, a uh, little bump from the old, uh, <laughs> I'll see how much <laughs> listeners I have in Scotland. Well, when does this go out? Is it like, it's Maybe like, like live? well, how, how much, probably tomorrow. We're live oh, streaming wow. actually. I don't yeah, edit. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully you don't say uh, anything you regret. Yeah, exactly. Fuck uh, no, these people. Uh, no, the um, around, we'll see. I'll probably publish this in a, maybe two days. All right. Uh, well, I, um, my show finishes Sunday. So today okay. is Tuesday. Yeah. 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 We'll see. So yeah, that'll be the. Bump. That, yeah, that'll be the, I mean, the weekends sell out anyway, just because it's like a huge festival. But um, yeah. if I do sell out again this weekend, it'll definitely be because of this podcast. So oh. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, you're welcome in advance. Yeah. Um, Nice. Well, for the sake of uh, me and the other people who don't know you, do you mind for like an intro? Do you mind just telling me? Like uh, where you're from, when you started doing comedy, mm. and then where you're at now, and then I think we'll we'll really just uh, be warmed up enough to 
go into to do the a grief. cannonball into the grief zone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, my name's Eve. I'm a Gemini. Um, that's. <laughs> oh boy. I mean, I don't. I don't actually Is care. That about an that integral stuff. part of who you no, are. No, but it's definitely my open line. Opening oh, okay. line every time I do stand up. Um, well, I always say you can tell from my accent I'm a Gemini. Um, sure. I, uh, which they has do been all fun. Sound the same. Well, it's been fun in Scotland because they think I'm going to say American and then I say Gemini. You know, that's what comedy is. It's unexpected. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. I got, well, you gave me the punchline first. So <laughs> I know, I know, whatever. It's okay. You, you weren't into it, whatever. Um, no, I'm just, let's continue. So I'm from um, White Plains, New York. And, um, I, yeah, I grew up in White Plains and I always knew that I didn't want to be in New York. Um, it's funny. I'm so a lot of the stuff I'm talking about in my show right now. So it's like, um, yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah. if you feel like you're, <laughs> well, it's just, it's I like, normally I, I didn't get the opportunity to see you. So if you feel like but, you're yeah, sort of sure, shoehorning yeah. material into here, by all means, well, it's, it's, it's as you will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it's just I've been thinking so much about all this stuff recently that it's like nothing feels organic anymore. I'm like, where did I grow up and why did I leave? But I, I knew that I was going to go traveling and stuff. So um, I studied abroad in college. I actually came here to Edinburgh for a year. Oh, nice. Yeah. And you um, seen some old friends. I am. Today I saw two people who I knew from, um, like they lived in the dorm next to me. They came to my show. One of them came to the show with her friends and the other one met us after. Nice. But I've also seen a lot of other friends because I lived um, after I finished college. I went to Korea for seven years and then I ended up in Australia for a long time and I was in India for a So I basically just like was cliche. gone. I know. Everyone's... <laughs> the old Korea to Australia to India. Uh, I know. I'm just like, God, I'm such a basic, you know? Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. But yeah. So I basically traveled for like, I don't know, um, from when I was, I guess, like 20. That's when I went studied abroad. I came back for a year and then I left again and was kind of gone for most of the time until I was 36 um, when COVID happened. Um, okay. I turned 36 right after. And um, yeah, I started doing stand up in and so anyway so then i came back and i lived in brooklyn and i've been living in brooklyn um but i don't really live anywhere right now because i put all my stuff in boxes and i'm gonna stay in the uk and europe for a bit and see oh nice yeah if i can just do stand up when i was thinking about going to berlin there's apparently a good comedy scene in berlin but um cool. yeah i mean not to live but just to do spots and stuff but uh i started doing stand-up when i was in korea when i was 29 um okay i kind so of a big expat scene you did it in English? Yeah, I mean, or... yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, like, I, my Korean was pretty good, but I couldn't have done stand-up in Korean. But also, it doesn't make sense. Like, they don't have stand-up. Cu- culturally, just not a thing. Yeah, for them it was, and I think it's probably still, I, maybe it's not the same now, but it was like, if you had, like, a man wearing a dress, that was, like, crazy. You know, it was like, oh, sure. my God, it's a man in a dress. Right. Um, and so, like, my, Why like... Is it, the... is it just, like, expressing uh uh atypicalness or vulnerability or just like telling jokes seems unmanly or well i think it's more like so asia, you know well that part of asia is like confucian so it's like everybody's very kind of rigid in where they are like so men are men and it's not like men are men like american men it's like men hold hands in korea and with my like my male students with because i was teaching english they would like sit on each other's laps and stuff like that but yeah. it's like but the idea of like a man wearing a dress is like great because it's like you're upending the kind of sure. structure. 
I mean, and yeah, I know that like now things have changed a little bit, but not that much. I don't think so. Um, well, I, I have no idea what the comedy scene is like or what the Korean comedy world would be like now, but, but I you know started that the, there. Yeah. I went to an open mic. I basically was like, I, I was kind of stuck in Korea. I didn't know what to do, like how to leave. Mm-hmm. I was there for okay. seven years. I was like, I have no like, idea. What I got to start hitting open mics. This is- well, I was like, I was like, what am I going to, how am I going to get out of here? Like, what do I don't want to, I don't want to be an English teacher. Like I, I didn't want to go back to grad school. Um, sure. so I started like doing all the things I had wanted to try, but like, I mean, I used to sail when I was a kid. So I like taught sailing. Nice. I also, I taught yoga, like, and then I, sure. I knew I'd wanted to try stand up, but I, I was like, okay. I, I was like, I am not, that's, ah, I'm not that fun. You know, I can't. Um, and then I went and watched other people do stand up at an open mic. And I was like, if these oh, anyone can do this, this is actually really accessible. <laughs> oh, I mean, like the most, that's the thing that's crazy is people are like, I could never, you're so great. And I'm like, just go watch at an open mic. I know. And you'll be like, I am not just better it's than like, them. At comedy. I'm better than them at being a person, you know, like I'm a. Well, better I human mean, that's, being. That's that's an easy way. It's yeah. well, that's what... as far as comedians, like, but no, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did. I always thought like, oh, you have to really have like a certain personality to do comedy. Yeah, and then like, no. two years into stand up, I'm like, every archetype that exists in like high school, yes. there's yeah. a comedian for that. There's like the totally. prep, there's the school shooter, there's like the fucking nerd, <laughs> there's like the political <laughs> activist, totally. there's the janitor. Totally. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. there's the slut. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's, yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh wow. It's, the whatever form of mental illness is, is it's not uh, specific to one uh, type of person. No, there's a whole yeah. spectrum of comedians. <laughs> yeah, anybody can do stand up, and you just have to want to do stand up. So yeah, I started doing it at a place uh, called Tony's Australian Pub in Seoul, and uh, it's not there anymore. It was there for a long time, and then um, I was like, I love this, and I um, knew like pretty quickly that that was what I wanted to do. So I ended up. Um, I decided to move to Australia. <laughs> um, so there must be like an Australian scene in Korea. Is, no, well, not in. I'm assuming yeah. just because you started a place called. No, that was not. It was just the open mic was there. He was just like a weird guy. The guy told me sure. oh, okay. it was a coincidence. Yeah. But how long did you do it in Korea before you decided to make the move? Um, I left. It was about like eight months to maybe ten months. Nice. I left. Um. And, uh, but first I decided before I went to Australia, I knew I was going to want to do stand up like pretty intensely. So first I went to India for six months. <laughs> um, cause I was like, <laughs> eat, pray, love, Adia. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just like cool. knew I wanted to go and I hear it was pretty amazing. Uh, everyone that I go there is, they come back with a different perspective on life. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're all, it's from what I hear extremely crazy place, like beautiful, but a, I don't know. I hear it's the heights of poverty probably of what you might experience as a westerner yeah i mean but maybe i don't funny. know i'm just maybe i'm just reading what i read on wikipedia no, no, that's, and read it i mean it's accurate it's like 4chan <laughs> mostly actually yeah yeah that's your vibe i mean <laughs> this is I... actually the where the <laughs> podcast takes a turn I go, I had speaking of india yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well i um <laughs> i was like a weird i'm like <laughs> yeah um oh, sorry. i I'm not, uh I'm not a bad person well, I, mean, <laughs> no, I, I listened to it. I my I was with Braun today. Braun, um, oh my God, Bronwyn. Um, sure, Isaac. Yes, she's in Amsterdam, and she came to 
uh, Edinburgh. She came to my show today. And nice. I told her I was doing this podcast. So she endorsed you, but she said that it was unfortunate how, what a bigot you were. So I, this is the part I expected. Well, you, you know, it. this, yeah. is, this is how I take everyone down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, you were in India. Yeah. What do you think of them? Uh, um, if I get canceled, everyone that, sorry, yeah, you told me about your you. fucking dead parents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it turns um, out that my, um, fucking... all right, go ahead. Sorry. I, I think my, um, Anything I do wrong, if I ever get canceled, I'll be like, you guys, my mom died when I was a kid. So I'm, you know, I'm allowed to, I'm finding my way. But anyway, no, India was, um, yeah, it was like eye opening. I mean, the craziest thing, I think I was there in 2014. I was like, I've never seen people this poor. And I'd been to like a bunch of places. Like I've been to the Philippines and I've been like all over Southeast Asia, but, um, I felt like, oh, well, you know, in the U.S., like in New York, like people are poor, but not like this. And then I moved back to New York now. And I'm like, no, this is like India. Like, it's so bad in New York now that it reminds me of um, developing countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the poorest I've ever seen, I think, was in a part of the Philippines where like there were kids who just were naked, (laughs) but they were like having so much fun. I mean, like they had, there's a chicken running around and one of them was chasing the other one with the chicken, trying to get his penis with the beak. And it was like, you know, very, it was wholesome. It was really wholesome. You know, (laughs) not a cell phone in sight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You know, these kids have a childhood, you know? Um, no, but like, yeah, parts of New York now or moments in New York, I'm like, this reminds me of when I was in India, like just so much like poverty and stuff. But anyway, yeah, it was amazing. Um, but it was mainly, I think for me, like, I just wanted to know that I could go and do that alone and, yeah, you know, yeah. And, uh, all that stuff. So, so yeah. And then, then, you, then, did I, a, then you did a comedy in Australia. I moved to Australia for five years um, and uh, did stand up until COVID. But that stand- was- wait, wait. You didn't do any stand up in India, did you? <laughs> you know what? I wanted to. There's actually like a scene. There is. Um, yeah, there is. Like, wow. a, a lot of com- there's comics British. in Australia who, who go Presumably. to India to do. No, they're like mostly. I think there's like Australians, Indians, Malaysians. Like there's a whole. Um, there's like a lot of big people from KL, like Kuala Lumpur, go to okay. India and stuff like that. Um, I didn't. I did one. I was like, I do stand. Like, I was, of course, I did this. I was like working at a hostel in Varanasi, which is where they burn the bodies by the the river. You know, I know Varanasi. Have you been there? No, no, I'm fucking with no, you. Yeah. I've never heard I fucking, that yeah, I've, I've okay. So you were, me. yeah. So yeah, you were was, volunteering to burn bodies. The yeah, I was burning bodies the by the river. Yeah, to cover up the people I was murdering. Um, yeah, we all need. No, I was working in this hostel, <laughs> and like, you know, and I. It was working there because I ran out. I didn't have a lot of money left and whatever. And um, um, I was like, "Yeah, I did stand up, but you know, no big deal. I've just done it a little, like such an idiot." I was like, "I'd only been doing it for like eight months, and I hadn't done it for several months." And um, they were like, "Let's do a comedy night." And it was all these people from like all over Europe, and like they didn't even speak English as their first language. So then I, they convinced me to do stand up, and like I bombed to people I had just met, and you I was like, to "The whole UN." Yeah, the, whole, the whole world is like, well, <laughs> that's what we think of White Plains, New York. I just bombed to this hostel. I was like, this is like the dumbest. Are they a hostile audience? Sorry. I, I, oh, I, wow. I had to speak over you. It came, you know. That was, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I don't yes, and I say, hey, please stop talking. And yeah, yeah. hold on, I've got a joke. Um, yeah, yeah, this yeah. couldn't yeah. wait. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was good. It was, it was a pun. Yeah. Um, I've never heard a pun before, so that was well, fun. It's kind of my bread and butter. 
<laughs> but um or my anyway. non in as they call it in uh <laughs> my non and gi yeah um i um exactly. i ended so after that I, I moved to new york for a little bit and then i ended up going to australia um okay. and i was there and that's where i got like serious about stand-up and just started working on stuff a lot and yeah okay. like and then ultimately you moved to new york so i like did stand up is like the my priority or like my main thing for years in Australia and in Australia you can actually make a living from stand up. I was not making like a full living, but I was making like I don't know a grand, paying, two grand a month depending on the, the month. bills. Yeah, I was doing really well, at least like subsidizing. Yeah, or like you know I would exactly I was like every other month might be like a full comedy awesome. pays the rent month. Yeah, and then um, um, and then COVID happened and I. Didn't want to get stuck in Australia because my family was in New York. Right. And um, I left and came back with nothing and started stand up again in New York, eating shit um, and being like, you know, oh, well, in Australia, I was really funny. And people are like, wow, but this is New York and no yeah. one cares. Yeah. Check your and... clout at the international border. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even like you can be like in Boston. Sure. I totally. got and they're They're like, I people don't like, oh, I was hot shit in Chicago. And it's like, yeah, yeah. L.A. Oh, sorry. There's no million no. other people. This person even... just moved here from Australia. Totally. Mm -hmm. Even. Oh, I'm hot shit in Brooklyn. They're like, but this is Manhattan. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Like they don't give a fuck. So, um. So anyway, but now I'm here in Edinburgh and I'm famous. Um, That's awesome. I'm not famous, so but nice yeah. For you to fit us into your, us, me in your schedule. <laughs> Sometimes I, I mean, like, I'm like, yeah, there's a whole crew of a, no, it's me and my, my laptop. Microphone. Um, I mean, the truth is that this is the busiest month I've ever had, but like, you're welcome, you know. Um, for All right. Well. So tell me about the reason why you're there. Tell me about. I don't. What do you mean? Tell me the dead mom stuff. I mean, what? I get. Oh, oh yeah. That's what this is. Well, no. I mean, I'm totally I guess. We could I mean, just talk about way, Edinburgh a bit more, but I kind of exhausted uh, what I know about it. I mean, um, it's funny. Just like the way I ended up on this. You just like background. You followed me on Instagram, and I was like, what? Like. I was like, cause when you follow me and I was like, there's a podcast about grief. Cause right. like in my mind for most of my life, I was like the only person talking about grief. Sure. Um, and then can, can and let's, let's be specific. Yeah. I actually didn't follow you from my account. From, the, from the podcast. The pod we yeah. actually only started following each other from our actual accounts today. Yeah. Like uh, an hour ago. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I did like a mass follow and I don't know if I actually had profiled you because sometimes I do kind of. I was like, unfortunately, I, I like, have oh to God. be like, yeah, I have to speculate about other people's grief yeah, in order to book this. And then, right. But I don't um, think that's because, why you followed me. I think no, it might have just been like yeah. a bunch of mutuals. I kind of. And then, yeah, you hit me back and you're like, oh, it's this what the. I well, remember. I was like, I was like, how did you end up following me? I think I said something like that. And I thought like, what did you like know my mom or something? And um, who died like more than, more than 30 years ago. Um, but um, I'm like, what mom, is that you? Um, and, um, you know, anyway, you told me about this and I, I'm, I'm like, oh, like, like, how do I hint that I want you to have me on your podcast? And right. then I did. And then you were like, great and then said nothing for so long no and then, that's not true. <laughs> yeah i think it i'm not like saying it in a shitty way but then it 
it was like a Might couple true, times actually. i was like yeah well also just you know i'm having my show about my dead mom in new york you're like i'll be there and it's cool you didn't come that's fine i know you don't like jews and then um listen that is unrelated to, there, there was a different reason why i didn't come <laughs> that night i had a terrible fucking incident that i want to talk about no oh, wow. of course not. Oh, okay. um, right. i never had plans to come see you we we have been playing like uh i guess what you might call like phone tag as far as like hey you have grief i, I have grief like... let's sort of but i don't think i and i well, i feel like the stalker chick who's like i'm grieving too like and every time i'm like do you need a griever? Because then recently you posted a thing on your story. Who should I book? Like, and yeah, and I was like, Maybe. yeah, and honestly, it was kind like, of like okay. a maybe. A, it was more of a case of me being like, I should book her, and I totally just spaced because, like I said, not, we like, actually we actually you. don't know each other. Know each other, and um, yet we're so close. Oh um, all of a sudden, well, and it's not like after this via Zoom, <laughs> and it's not like me. Artists. Like, it's not. Well, can I ask what you're doing? Are you like? What, on, I'm it researching like to see the fucking uh, the transcripts to see if I actually was a flake. <laughs> of like, <laughs> all right, should I do? All right, yeah, hmm, all right. Yeah, yeah, it was you. No, it was you. I know. And then I said, "Sorry about your mom." Parentheses, obviously. Yeah, I'm a fucking empathetic person. No, I got that. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um. And then I no, somehow, I know. I know. somewhere I know. in there, I, I must have video, that has to be a butt dial because it says I video called you. All right. Thanks for sharing. Oh, no, then you, I think you, video call. Yes, All right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Seriously, and it took a, a little while to nail down. You're right. It um, was weird because then I answered and you were like naked and I was like, what is happening? That's not that uh, weird. That's how I do butt calls. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. And then, but then I had to be like, you're like, who should I have on? I'm like, me. And then I yes. felt like I, and I bullied I you. Like, into... You know what? Let's re <laughs> let's review this request from earlier. I, I mean, go, it's just a uh, grief quota. Seems like checks enough. It's funny to me because in Edinburgh, um, you know, it's like, you're supposed to get all the reviewers to come or whatever. And I really haven't. And I, like it's like the last week and I have it and I still kind of want to. Well, for context just... for context for non-comedy uh, listeners, yeah. and I have them. Um, yeah. Edinburgh is what is it? A thirty-day festival? It's like a twenty-seven-day comedy arts festival. Comedy festival, one-person yes. show so type. Yes, plays, you do it, clowning. This, so that, how many like stand-up? So for how many times have you consecutively done you've done this show this month? So this month, so I started on August 2nd, August 2nd, August 3rd, something like that. Oh, hold on, I got my flyer, whatever. I started okay. started August 3rd All and right. then um, I have gone, what day is it? It's like the 22nd. Yeah, I've done it every single day except I, I had last Monday off, so the 14th. And then the next day I ended up, no one came. I think like one person came and I was like, let's just not do this. Um, so I ended up having two days off and then yesterday I didn't fly her for my show and like one person, two people came and I was like, please just come back tomorrow. I just needed a day off. Sure. Um, well, so I've, the thing I've is... done it like 20, I don't know, thousand times in this month. I've done it pretty much every day except for a couple of days. Sure. Um, and then I can tell you about the grief stuff. I can tell you about my mom, but yeah, sorry. Segways. Mm -hmm. No, that's fine. Uh, I mean, all this is to... Doesn't need to be necessarily a narrative of like uh, chronology, but eventually I want to know why you fucking wrote this show. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's actually about my. This is not just purely plugs for Edinburgh. No, no, it, it was cool. about my cat. It was about my cat that I named mom. You know, so dead oh, mom. Oh, all right, yeah. cool. Oh, it was like a big miscommunication. A little misdirector. Um, but 
the the reason I brought up the whole reviewers thing is because I don't have it. I don't have that like part of me that's like, I will pursue this thing. Like a lot of people are like really business minded about comedy and stuff. And you have to just not take anything personally and like annoy people until they come to your show or whatever. I, I don't do it. But it's like what I did to you to get on your podcast, which is like funny because I didn't think it wasn't like I planned it. I was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. it was like you were barking. But like, I was just like, I like hounded you. And then here we are. So anyway, good just, pun. this is like, hmm? it was a good pun. You hounded me. You were barking. It's, it's, okay. You said, yeah, that's true. That's like cool. when you're standing yeah. outside of a, yeah, you bark to get bark. in. Yeah. Barker to get customers in. So, okay. The old comedy insider and canine enthusiast. enthusiast listen. That'll be the first edit so far. We are nailing it. So. Are you editing? Are you I usually edit? don't. I yeah. I do very few edits, actually. Um, yeah. When I first started, it was torture re-listening to these, and I realized there was a lot of ums and uhs and what have you. And then I would sort of individually mute them. I will probably do a, a touch here and there. I'm a podcast editor. That's my paid job at the moment. Oh, well. So I do. But I do it like every single pause, every single um and ah. Uh. Like, I mean, that's yeah, not Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will. So. I will yeah. go through. Yeah. But I also do want to keep a little bit of the um. Yeah. It's different... I'll do it for myself and I will do it for the, the, the other person as well. Because I'm like, yeah. that's the 15th time you've said like this sentence. I do I'm that gonna, too much. I'm going to cut a couple of those out. Um, yeah. But also when I listen to them, I'm like, oh my God. I... I could be like a pulse. Someone could make like a pull string doll of like the five responses that I have on this. And I'm like, yeah. and probably only I notice it because I'm the person who I have to listen to it in real time. Like right. I have to listen to an hour and a half of it. Whereas yeah. if I'm trying to like run through a podcast really quickly, just to get information, I can like put it on two times or a time and a half. Right. You right, know, but you, you hear yourself. Podcasts. Yeah, yeah, I know. But when I mean, it's take... you, it's like really. Well, I was a guest on the podcast that I edit, um, and because uh, they they become my friends, and I it, listen. You don't have to tell me, but it, was it the Joe Rogan podcast? It was the Joe Rogan podcast. I'm the you edit that. That's fucking yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. I Is it because it so your it... names rhyme? Did you have an in with them? Steve <laughs> yeah. Ellen Bogan, Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that. And also I... I was like, my mom died. Um... And he said, listen, here's your editorial controls. <laughs> yeah. I edited the first his podcast person that I've met so with a dead mother. I edited his podcast so that it sounds totally unedited. I leave Whoa. every every weird thing, people's yeah. cell phones ringing. I just leave it in, you sure. know? Um, no, I was a guest on the podcast. I edit and, uh, do you want to plug you know, it? Uh, or are you just going to allude a, to it in a weird way? I can, yeah, I can say mom tarash It's called, it's like these two, um, Jersey moms. They're really oh, nice. funny. And, cool. um, it's, I mean, I edit a mom podcast. I was editing a, a second podcast that was also a mom podcast. Like it's sure. like my life this year has just been mom shit. It's like such a, I don't know if it's like a thing from the universe being like, this is for, you need this. Or it's like a fuck you, your mom's dead. Yeah. Um, but I was a guest and when I had to listen. I had to listen with mom centric type of, I mean, it's so weird, but I had to listen back to like my audio. And um, you think that you're a good guest and that you sound interesting. And I was like, this so, bitch is fucking boring. Yep. You know, and not funny and just crass. No, nah, you're but I left in. Oh, thank you. All right. So I don't know okay. about that other one, but you're doing okay on this one. 
Yeah. Well, I no, I was. Thank you. I made a joke about about my mom because they wanted me on to talk about mom stuff, and I made a joke about being a Um, kid growing up with my wondering if my mom was watching me masturbate, and I was like, imagine people talk about Jesus. Oh, he's watching me. I'm like, imagine if it's your mom. Like, I had to think like, does my mom watch me masturbate? And I would come so hard. That was the yeah, joke yeah, I yeah, made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. um, I was like, oh my God, this is me. But I left the joke in. Um, sure. Oh yeah, because you're editing that. I edited it. You were I like, oh, this is cringe. I should I was like, you're disgusting. Little. Yeah, exactly. But make sure that no one's talking over me. All right. Okay. So my mom died when I was seven. Um, and uh, she died of brain cancer. Um, she... How long was, was the she sick? Di- from the diagnosis to the end it was so long so she was diagnosed i think at the end of 1989 um so i was five and uh i remember she had she'd had ms before that multiple sclerosis Mm -hmm. um sclerosis and so she was already kind of like not sick like she was pretty healthy i remember like going to the pool and she would swim laps every day because it helped with her MS and she would meditate all the time um, because MS is like a stress, stress triggers MS. So she was like very kind of aware of it in that way. It like shuts down your ability to move your, your limbs or something. So basically you, you end up with lesions on your brain, your body attacks. It's an autoimmune disease that your body, your white blood cells attack your brain and cause lesions on your brain, which then, start to attack your nervous system yeah so like for her she would get total numbness um in her hands and stuff and couldn't move them properly and like i have a cousin who has it and she's had like now my cousin's pretty she's pretty good now but like when it was new um and they're not blood related my my cousin but um my cousin would get like insane vertigo um, where you can't like just can't get out of bed for a week and you have to be in the hospital. And the way that they deal with it is with steroids. So they would give for my mom, they would give her huge um doses of steroids to kind of shut down her immune system. Um but yeah, so she got she started, I remember she was in a car accident um when I was like five. And oh, uh she was on. yeah, she was in a car accident because they thought it was the MS. She was she was a lawyer and she was um uh, reversing. She worked at the courthouse in Westchester for the, um, she was like the, I, I keep talking about her. So I'm like, always oh, like in my autopilot, she was this, she worked for the state Supreme court. She was the first woman ever to work in her oh, office. Wow. Yeah. Her. And yeah. Um, and she was backing out of her spot at work and she couldn't take her foot off the gas. And, um, they thought she thought it was MS. And my dad thought that too. Um, and I remember them setting me and my brother down and explaining it to us and being like, mommy has this disease and, you know, sometimes these things happen and whatever, and she's going to be okay. And then it, the doctors were like, this is, that's not what this is. And, um, and I guess she went into, they couldn't figure it out. And I, and I'm like fuzzy on the timeline, but my dad says it's like kind of overnight. She like couldn't speak anymore. Um, and uh wow. she couldn't walk yeah it's incredibly so, difficult yeah so Sorry she they thank you parentheses <laughs> obviously <laughs> yeah. don't edit that out do whatever yeah, you do no i don't yeah i don't even know how to edit i'd send this <laughs> yeah. to you he can fix it for me um geez so, that's so quick 
Yeah, okay. but then she was sick for years. The crazy thing is, I think this is the part about my mom's death that like will always kind of stick with me. I mean, all of it. But the craziest thing is that so she, uh, she was 43 when she died and she was sick for two years, um, two, two and a half years. But her mom was also 43 when she died mm. and she was sick for two years. And my mom had told my dad before they got married and they died of like different cancers. My grandmother had breast cancers. They're not related. And my mom had brain cancer. And um, my mom had told my dad that that was like her biggest fear was to die at 43 um, mm. like her mom. And then she did. And um, I well, obviously you're coming up on the uh, I, I have a joke about it. Self <laughs> prophecy or perhaps just a... I think I kind of think it was to my little theory um, because my mom started to well, like. I don't mean whole... sorry. I don't mean about your mom self fulfilled prophecy. I meant about you, just like anticipating well, but... turning that age in the future. I think that with my mom, it was a self fulfilled prophecy, and I think that. Really? Well, the the way that I kind of see it, I think my mom had so much grief that she never was able to process because of the time she lived in, and and my grandfather and that whole family. Her family is kind of fucking weird. Tell me, you know, about, they were... uh, tell me about your mom's family. So I have my mom's journal, actually her diary with me. And I remember I haven't actually used it, but I thought maybe I would put some stuff from it in the show. It was, it's taken me literally, I think 25 years to read it because um, yeah. her handwriting was so hmm. fucking bad. I mean, it wasn't hmm. that it was bad. It was like old school cursive, you know? No, no, and, I, um, I know the exact same thing. My dad writes like he's a fucking doctor signing like a, uh, a script. And I'm like, I am occasionally like paging through the shit that he wrote down. And I'm like, right. first of all, this is a lot, but also it's yeah. kind of hard to decode. <laughs> it's like, it's I'm so truly hard. like, I'm like looking at hieroglyphics, but also there's like vulnerabilities about this fucking dead person in my life that, you know. Yeah. Um. So for 25 years, you held on to her journals. I had it was just one. It was only for two months or four months or something when she was fourteen, and um, I couldn't read it. I mean, I would try, and I was like, I, you know, I'm oh, it's pretty her good. Childhood journal. It's her yeah. as a teenager. Yeah, after oh, her mama died, and you, and um, and I would like so sit she there was and young when her mother died. Yeah, so and she were, was uh, exactly. Jeez, oh, so this, that was so she was fourteen when she wrote it. Field day with this one. Well, she, she wasn't fourteen when her mom died. She was like eleven or twelve, I think, when her mom died. Um, but I would sit there and try to fucking read it, and I just like couldn't do it. So finally, like at the end of last year, I got super high and I found the journal randomly, and I was able because I was stoned. You know, when you get stoned, you get fixated on something. Yeah, and it's you might not have about inhibitions, and you're not focusing on like. The feelings like I was just it was like cool I was like and the crazy thing I mean I just it was so crazy because I just was like wow I could have written this like so much of her experience was so similar to mine but on the first page she's like my name is Linda I'm, I'm Gemini <laughs> she was a Scorpio that's my <laughs> okay, and um <laughs> and um she's like and my mom died when I was I think 12 or so I forget what she um said in there but I'm like that's you know that's like how it is when your parent dies when you're a kid it's on page one and then she doesn't talk sure. about it again and for like you know a while wow and then I think she mentioned it once more but I completely understand that it's like the thing it's like the most basic part of you but you also just like at that age don't really know how it fits into your life it's just like sure. I can't even you know. imagine you maybe have the distinguished uh you might be the first uh comedian that i've uh 
interview that's lost someone at such a young age. Oh. Yeah. I know. It's interesting. I was thinking about that for this, for my show. It's like, I mean, I'm in these like dead mom groups now on Facebook. And a lot of them have like come to my shows, like in New York and a couple here and stuff. And, um, I'm like in this kind of community, but a lot of the women, um, uh, some of them are older and it's just interesting because you don't want to like compare your situation to other people, but I'm like, ah, Oh, you actually it. knew your mother. You got this much more time than I did. I mean, no. well, it's like, it's just, so, you know, I saw, I mean, sometimes it's interesting cause I'll see somebody who is talking about her mom died when she was 10 and now she's 75 and she still misses her. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty amazing that's to me. Like, but then I see people who were like, yeah, geez. I'm 60 and my mom just died and it's hard at any age. And I'm like, why are we in the same group? That's you know crazy. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys and so the it's same like age. someone's been grieving for fifty-five more years than the other one. You know. Well, also, it's like, like it just takes up your. It's like it's your forming. It's your foundation. It's like your formative. It's sure. a part of your core. Yeah, yeah. So my my um, foundation was rocked, but it was already built by the time right. I. Died. How old were you? Thirty-three. You know. Yeah, which is um, still. And how old? How did your dad die? Uh, he had cancer for a real long time, but. He, he battled it out for a long time. But I mean, like, you know, I was fully an adult when my dad was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. Um, I was, you know, 24 or something. Uh, That's pretty young, I think. I mean, it, look, it's not, I'm not saying it's like the same. I still win, you know. No, but, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and by win, I mean like totally lose, you know. But, yeah. um, yeah. yeah. yeah but, uh, when all is said and done, your grief yeah, points yeah. are going to be a little bit higher tally <laughs> than mine are. But it's so funny to be like, um, not to keep score, but I don't I mean... think it's, I don't think it's well, funny, sure, but I don't think it's, um, unusual because I often am like, you know, when I see people that are my age and they're like, oh, my great grandmother just died, she's nine, 98. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, cool. Mm. And this is basically me bragging to you at this point. I'm like, well, my dad died at 70, 98. You got 28 more years. But to you, that's me being like, hey, by the way, my dad lived uh, 42. My dad lived for an extra 28, yeah. 27 yeah, yeah. years than yours. Um, yeah. I didn't even get get to have as much as that to lose, you know? Well, people so let me ask you this. Maybe yeah. do you have any memories of your mom not being sick? I had a couple. I mean yeah like i remember that like we used to bake together a lot and again you know again she didn't get to have her mom either so it was like i think she did a lot of that mother-daughter stuff with me like my dad says that she was so excited to like have a daughter because then she could do all this stuff and just to like finish that little point i was making before like i do think that my mom started to freak out about like all the stuff that she never was able to kind of grieve about her mother and I think that's why she got MS and why, because MS is like, a, you know, they, they, they talk about it being related to trauma and all this stuff. And it's like, and then she gets brain cancer and they're both brain diseases and she ends up dying at the same fucking age from like a totally unrelated thing. Um, so that was just my point before, but oh, I, yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I think there is some, there could be some causality. I do think, um, I mean, not everybody mental has, like, where you are mentally will certainly affect your physical. Yes. Effect. Um, it, right. Because the thing is, I know that not everybody who goes through a mom went through dies the way that she did. So it's like not like, oh, that it's not blaming her and like, oh, well, this is why it happened. It's just like 
my theory about part of what, what it was. But yeah, I remember like um, picking like raspberries from the bush in our black our backyard um, and baking pies with her. I remember um, I talk about this in the show that like um, one time we were baking a cake and like, you know, you get to lick the bowl when you bake the cake. And um, I have an older brother and like he's six years older and it was like right about to be like the bowl licking time. And I was so excited. Oh, he scraped it all. Well, then he fucking marches in, you know, and he's like, I want to lick the bowl. And I'm like, and I was just, I was like three or four. And I'm like, no, like, you know, you're just devastated because it's like, I didn't even know that I could be robbed of that. Sure. You know? And my mom lied and she goes, sorry, Mike, I already promised your sister. And um, then she winked at me oh. and, um, you know, I just remember that. Like, but then, you know, I'm like, I know that that happened, but I'm like, but but did I, you know, cause my memory is pretty good about certain things, but with that stuff, it's like, it's hard to know a hundred percent, like this is real. Or is this like a kind of an amalgamation of like what you've been told? Yeah. What I've been told or little things I remember or what I wish happened, you know, I mean, I remember that we moved, she got, she got sick right after we moved houses. We moved into the house in the backyard. Well, they built a house in our backyard. And then sold the house we lived in. And I was really sad the day we moved. And um, I remember that I said that I had a headache, but I really was just sad. And my mom was like a Jewish mom. So she, uh, her cure was that she made me a cup of tea. So she like went through the kitchen and found the kettle and a mug and a tea bag. And I remember there was a slice of lemon in this, like, you know, for a five-year-old. Hmm. And, um, and I remember that that night we moved there was a lightning thunder and lightning storm and or thunderstorm and that we slept on the floor of my parents' room. But then, you know, I think it was like within weeks, she couldn't speak anymore. Um, and yeah, you were kind of, five. Yeah. That's, um, incredibly, uh, devastating. Yeah. So one of the, um, in the copy of your show, Mm-hmm. Uh, it says you've you spent 25, 30 years avoiding uh, um, talking about grief. Sure. Do you want to talk about um, what made you kind of want to revisit it? And if do you want do you also do you want to talk about do you remember when she died? Is that a, is that a memory mm-hmm. that you have? Yeah, I could talk about either one of those things, both whatever which one. Well, how about tell me about. Because it's so weird to interview someone uh, uh, reporting on a memory of a child. Um, that's a little different from my typical thing. But yeah, yeah, how, about you, yeah. how about you walk me through that? Just uh, You said it took a really long time. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the weird thing is like, you know, before five or five years old, you're not really that like your memories are still kind of shaky and sure. like your sense of you're reality. Not, yeah. I My yeah. first... That's like right around when I'm sorry to immediately interrupt you after asking the question, okay. but like, that's like, I remember riding a tricycle or maybe around that. Right. Time. Right. But so it's like a big sense of self. Yeah, exactly. But like six and seven, like I kind of remember my teachers more and stuff and, you know, first grade, second grade. And that's like, so those ages are like when I have my better memories, but that's like also where I remember my mom, like, but she was very sick. Like she was like, it was, it's really crazy. I mean, I think about, I think about like 
it's like um the I mean, it was like the worst way to like die, I guess. I mean, <laughs> are you like regretting like uh I mean, it's like I think it's it's I think part of the reason I never talk about it is because it's so terrible. You know, and I don't Absolutely. it's not about but it's not even about me. It's more like you don't I want just, to, you don't want other people to share this horror. Well, it's like I'm a yeah, it's like it's so much, you know, and sure. it's like but also like I wonder I'm like do people regret you know what I mean? Like even in the show, I don't get into the worst parts um, because I mean, the show's still a new show. So I have to, and I'm not like done. I mean, I, I know that it's not what I want it to be yet. So I don't know, maybe I will go more into it, but yeah, I guess it's like, basically she was this like very smart, articulate lawyer, really pretty, like kind of, you know, I mean, she was like a couple years older than me when she got sick. And like, I don't feel old, you know, like I feel pretty young. Totally. Um, she had, you know, we had totally different lives. Like she was so much more accomplished in like her career and stuff, but um, she was like a young woman, I guess in some ways. And then it was like, you know, they did radiation. I don't think they could do chemo with what she had, but the radiation didn't work anyway. But her, I don't know if it was from, I think it was a combination of the medication and the cancer, but her whole like being changed, like her facial features changed, like her, you know, it was like everything kind of spread her. She was like jaundiced. Her nails were like yellow. She had a dent in her head because they'd done a biopsy. She was paralyzed on her left side. And I think blind on her left eye and deaf on her, like, you know, that part of her brain, um, sorry, her right brain had the tumor so her left side was just fucked and like i just remember seeing her diaper when i was a kid and being like oh like because you don't understand as a kid you just kind of it just fits into your you're just learning what the world is as you go yeah so uh it's got to be difficult to have death be one of the first introductions of what life is uh yeah it is now i think at that time i didn't know people would tell me that she was going to die but i didn't understand and so as long as she was alive i was okay like I, okay, and sometimes and then, she would, well, she would cry sometimes and, you know, or scream or whatever, like, you know, there'd be times where she would kind of, I think, understand what was happening. And then she would like, it'd be, that would be horrible. But she, when she was, like, she was in a hospice and I fucking love the hospice. It was like, really know, we're Jewish. Yeah. Because it was like, I got to see my mom and Wait, I was the hospice at a hospice center or she did hospice at home at a hospice center. So it was a Catholic hospice and we're Jews. And like my dad said that when they first took her in, she looked and there was a big crucifix above her bed and she gave him this look like, what the fuck? <laughs> and um, he's like, it's going to be okay. But it was amazing. Like the, they were just, even I looked them up recently. It was like an amazing place. Sure. And um, then it was all nuns and they were like just good people. And yeah. like, for me, it was like, I was a star, you know, I got to like go around and, everybody's like, look, a child, you know, and all wow. these old dying people are like, Hey, come hang out with us. And sure. so I would hang around. I'd get like prizes at all the events. Um, I mean, I was pretty rare, like my brother wouldn't go. Um, but I was a pretty rare kids don't want to hang out in a hospice. Sure. Um, and she was there for so long. Everybody else like dies, I'm sure. But yeah, <laughs> she just kept going. What they do there. Yeah, exactly. She's there for like two Christmases. Really? And, um, yeah. Wow. So and, she went um, to the hospice 
pretty early after her diagnosis. She was at home for like six months, I think. But she lost then, all control or like ability. Yes. Pretty she, much. Like, it in was a pretty short fast. Of time. That's so yeah. Fast. I remember waking up and hearing her like, I guess, moaning for trying to wake up my dad upstairs because she was on the That's chair downstairs. And my dad, I told him I remembered this and he was like, oh, yeah, she needed morphine. But, you know, so it was like just so bad. But basically, I remember and I was you, okay. When you visit her in hospice, is she she's conscious? She's able to, she's able to process that you're there? Or... Yeah, she was like conscious. She was able to process I was there. We had like a relationship. I don't know what was like what I wanted versus what was real. Like, I don't know Yeah. how much... I remember being aware of like making her cry one time and that sucked. Like, but well, you know what I mean? Like doing little things that upset her, but that, you know, it too, if it was her, like it wouldn't have. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Sorry. Is your mom calling? <laughs> she actually is. How <laughs> fucking funny is that? <laughs> Where even did the Zoom go? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Oh jeez! Wow, not to that's, rub it in. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, you're welcome. You know. You know what's incredible is what I specifically put it on airplane mode, and then yeah. when you said that I didn't respond to your like uh you to your inquiry to your question so time, I was like, nope, my pride is gonna put aside any sort of bubble that this little uh, moment of vulnerability can exist in. Yeah, sorry to rub it in. My mom's still, mom. she's still there. Yeah, <laughs> she's still here. She called you. Like it. That's so funny. Like, yeah. I just um can't write that. No, I mean you could, but it'd be like, yeah, no, that's too weird. on the nose. Yeah. you know. I just had a fucking alarm set on my phone for a little gag. No, that was definitely my mom. I'll call her that was a later. So I funny. can do that. Uh, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really fucking sorry. <laughs> All right, I'll call my dad tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's like I felt bad. In the morning, where you're at? Oh no, it's midnight. It's midnight. Oh, okay. I mean, I never go to bed this. Um, wow, I'm really sorry that that that's good lord. Well, that's staying in there. Um, With that part, oh, that has to stay in. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, I mean, okay. So just to, I'll fast forward to the fucking death. Yeah, basically, I was fine. I was okay as long as she was alive. You know, like. As long as she was alive, I was okay. But then she went into a coma. And my dad was like, you can't go see her because she's really sick. And that was when I started to get like... He didn't want you to see her. In a coma. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But then... Do people cry on your podcast? I'm just curious. You wouldn't be the first. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, just, I don't know that I will. But, but also it's fun. mostly an audio medium. So you you sort of outed yourself. Um, I mean, well, I do publish I mean, I ha- these like on YouTube, but it's, I'm not I, crying. Wait, this is the only part you're going to put on YouTube is just me crying. No, no, no. I'm saying I, sometimes I publish the zoom video, but it's mostly audio. No, that's what I mean. It's like, this is what the part of the video that you're oh, going to yeah, take yeah. the clip. Um, it's no, just no. a, and you're going to mute my, my audio. Just what so I'm that- saying is if you are going to cry, you have to do it audibly for the people that are only <laughs> listening to this to understand how much, <laughs> how much you're <laughs> emoting. <laughs> You can tell. I mean, I, the I don't Patreon even know. members, they get to see the tears. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's an extra can... tear. Well, that's nice. Possible. As long as I got a cut of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, 
yeah, at the beginning of January 1990, January 1992, um, she died. And I remember my dad, I remember waking up and uh, like, I thought my dad had let me sleep late for school. And I came out of my room, I was seven and a half, second grade, seven and a half. And I, my brother had his door open, which he never did because he was 13 and like hated everybody. And the blinds were down, but I could see him. And I was like, dad, let me sleep late for school. And he said, just go downstairs and talk to dad. And I was like, but he let me sleep late, you know? And um, I went downstairs and he was on the phone with somebody and he had like had his winter coat on and his scarf and everything. And, uh, but he said, Oh, she's awake. I gotta go. And, uh, then he, you know, then he was like, I gotta, I don't know what he said first. I think he said, like, I have to tell you something. Mommy died this morning. And that was like, I don't know. I got, I just, you don't really, I didn't really know what it was. And yet I knew at the same time. And I remember like kind of falling onto our couch crying. And then it's just like a blackout. The next thing I remember I was at my neighbor's house a few hours later wearing a dress, somebody, you know, I'd been, I'd taken a bath and, Mm. you know, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So is that going on the Patreon? No, no, I'll include it. No, (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't enough. If I hadn't paused, I would have cried a lot more. But I, you know, it's like. Yeah, I mean, I, I truly can't imagine. Uh, I can't uh, pretend to know what a seven-year-old how they would deal with the loss of a such a seemingly permanent figure. Um. And I guess I could fully understand why it took you about 20, 30 years to unpack it or to begin start fucking opening the locks. Well, like, um, I guess, you know, like with that, why did I start, why did I write the show? And I'm like frustrated with the show because it still doesn't really get at the thing I want. It Like, and I don't even know. I mean, I saw two shows today that were really good, other comedians. And it's like, the first one was so good. And I was like, fuck, that's what I want my show. Like, it was very, it wasn't about like a parent. It was like her friend had died. And, but there was, you know, it was just such a great show. And I was like, damn it. You know, like you see a great show and you're like, this is what I want my show to be. But, um, well, I might just copy the whole show. I guess I could. Yeah. I might as well. Yeah. Um, But, um, but I guess the reason, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a bit in between age seven and uh, 36 or whenever you started doing the show. Do you remember, well, was, yeah. was there ever times in your, was there ever times in your teenage or 20 years uh, where you were um, able to think about it or talk about it? Or with oh, people, I mean, or I've was done... it very much locked away? No, no, I've done like so much. I mean, I've talked about it my whole fucking life. It's just that I've never talked about it on stage. Oh, okay. And it's like, and I but also it is, like. It has to probably have defined who you were for like. I was still does for sure. With, especially growing up being oh, the kid with the dead mom. Oh my God. Yeah. People can't like people can't understand like unless you've been through something like that, you don't people don't understand. Like I dated someone, actually my boyfriend when I was studying abroad here in Edinburgh, and I remember he was like, 
<laughs> I remember the re- I realized I like hated him when he goes and we were talking about it. And it was the first time I was really kind of thinking about my life. Like I was 20, 21. And I was like, oh, I think this really shaped me. And I remember talking to him about it and he goes, do you really think that your mom dying when you were a kid had like that big of an impact on Are you? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> This is the person I lost my virginity to. And um, I remember we were like crossing the street and I, I was like, got a bag. No. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but I remember we were crossing the street and I was like, oh my God, it shaped everything. And, and I, just as an example, I was like, yeah, like I'm always afraid that like anyone I love is going to die or disappear. Totally. And he stopped me in the middle of the street and he like, you know, it was like a four way crosswalk or whatever. And, like and he stopped me and he was just like turned me sideways by the shoulders and he's like listen i will never leave you wow and i think i broke up with him the next day like it was like is he coming I mean, to the show yeah i mean i <laughs> i keep thinking i'm gonna run into him but um i haven't yeah. it's not no, a big that's, place um, that's a, a good point you make because like as cliche as it is people really don't know what it's like until it happens so like for example when i was 33 i lost my dad Mm. and that fucking changed my life i know people now that are like 65 and their fathers are like still alive that's crazy that's weird that i actually and then i have an experience that they could never understand and what's Mm. weird is that you at age seven had an experience that 32 year old me did not wouldn't have under like, it's weird to be like, yeah. oh, this child has an emotional depth that I actually can't access until I experience the same thing, even though they're seven and I'm 32, you know. I think that's why, like, a lot of adults didn't really know what to do around me, you know, like, just because it's like, ugh, like, it's like so heavy, but it's in a loss that even my teachers wouldn't have understood Sure. Um, I mean, people don't know how to say anything to adults that are grieving, yeah. let alone kids. I mean, what do you say? Right. Sorry for your loss. Right. Uh, sounds like they were a great person. Uh, right. You really, there's a fucking limited amount of that words can do. Well, that's the thing. You don't have to say anything. That's what people don't understand. You don't have to like, it's actually just like listening. You know, right. it's not like you're never going to fix it by talking about it. I mean, and, and so anyway, so just to like, the reason I decided to write this show is because I realized like I'm 39 and um, I was like talking to this friend of mine who lives in New York now and she's from like from London or she's from outside London, but she lives there. We're walking around and I was like pretty broke. <laughs> it's like, and so like maybe like October of last year or September and um, you know, like always kind of date like people I don't really like or whatever, like just like, certain things like never really have a job that's like a career thing and certain problems that are like I've known her since I met her when I studied abroad here and I was like you know she's so supportive she's like I think you're doing great and you know you've done so much and you lived in here and then you had to go back to New York and she's also a therapist and she's like really encouraging and I was like look I'm not saying you're wrong but I'm also like I have all of the same problems I've always had you know, like I, I don't ever go to bed early. I mean, yeah, here, but here I'm doing stand up, but like, I can't go to, like, it's like, I guess my mom used to put me to bed. And when she died, no one ever told me to go to bed. I mean, maybe like a little bit, but like nobody took care of me, you know? Yeah. Um, so what do you think you're, 
What was your father's reaction to her her death? Did he was he, he emotionally available or did he turn to stone or somewhere in between? He was far more emotionally available than most fathers that I've heard of. Like, but and he's much older. He was almost 50 when I was born. But he also could only go so far. My dad's dad, my mom's mom died when she was a kid. My dad's dad died when he was a kid. I think that was part of how they ended up together because they kind of understood that in each other. Sure. But I think for my dad, like going through that and then his brother was killed like the year after his dad died in like the 40, the 50s, the 40s. Yeah. Like in on the Upper West Side, like, you know, like um, West Side Story by like a gang. Um, he was murdered. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was oh. mugged and like beaten and then died as a result, like yeah. not long after. Um, yeah. And then he was emotionally a little bit walled up. Well, I think it was like that his brother, who was his best friend, died. And then his wife, who was like, my dad just thinks my mom still like, he just thinks she was so amazing. And then she died. And I think he was just like, like, he just couldn't, he did the best he could, you know, he's still alive. My dad, he's like 88. Do you guys still have but, a relationship uh, or do you? We didn't. For a long time, that was part of why I was gone, like traveling for so long. Sure. But uh, yeah, now we're really like we're really tight, which is actually hard because I'm like I don't know that I want to live in New York, but I'm like oh he's 88, you know. But oh, then I'm yeah. also like I can't wait around for my dad to die before I go do things that <clears throat> make me happy, you know. Yeah, life, you know, doesn't wait for anything. Mm-mm. But I'm glad you have a have a rapport with him now. Yeah, during COVID, we got a lot closer. Um, but yeah, I guess it was like he was a good parent, but like he also just didn't know. My dad never knew. My mom was the one who like, she taught him how to study. Like she was so much, she was 13 years younger than him. She They met in, in night school and he said that when he started dating her, he started getting straight A's for the first time in his life. But she was like the one who would study and go to the library. That's why she was a lawyer and all this stuff. So when she died, like he never sat with me to do my homework like he never yeah like, she, she was the structure yeah she was the parent you know and um so the, all those things like i just never had you know so it's like i think people don't realize that like when you lose your parent i guess if you lose your mom it's like you kind of it, it feels like you just raise yourself you know like my dad gave me everything i needed but I guess I still feel like I'm trying to figure out like how to do just life stuff, Hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, you're (laughs) sorry. Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm just like, wow, I am so raw about that. Like, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, um, it's good, but I'm not even this raw in the show when I talk about my mom, but I think, um, I mean, I that's okay. I, when I do jokes about my dad on stage, <laughs> none of them, uh, I have jokes about my dad, but none of them mm-hmm. are like, and that's why this will always be a scar on my brain. and I'll never <laughs> heal from it. Like I'm never actually like, uh, here's the actual subtext of it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's good to be wrong. Yeah. To, um, do you think the show is helping you? I think like overall, yeah, but I think 
day to day, it's like frustrating because I think it's like, I think part of what I was trying to do, which I is funny to me is that I was like, all right, well, I have all this grief that I've like never been able to get at because there's just so much grief. And so I'll just do the show and I'll like go for the grief head on and then I can grieve. And then after Edinburgh, I'll be done, you know, like, and, and, and I didn't think I was doing that, but I know now I know I was doing that. Sure. And I, I'm not done with the show. Like, it's just not good enough. Like, yeah, well, good. It's do it until you're happy. Yeah. Or as close until as my mom it. comes back. Yeah, yeah. Just keep doing it. <laughs> what was your mother's name? Linda. Linda. What was your dad's name? Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Rest in peace, Linda. Thanks. Sounds like she um cast a big shadow. Sounds like she was a great person. Yeah. She was got to know her at least long enough to get that from her. Yeah. Yeah. She was. I mean, I have like a joke or, you know, whatever about like, it's hard being the kid of someone who was like so successful, but like also so beloved because it's like, she was, everyone's like, your mom was so like generous and smart and kind. And I'm like, People don't talk about me this way. <laughs> you know, they're like, Eve's so difficult. You know, she's like well, a lot, but she's great. You know, but I just, it's like, you just. But posthumously, wish... everybody's sugarcoating it. It's not like they're going to be like, well, actually, Linda did have a couple of faults. <laughs> we need to tell you about. But you just wish you knew. Like, I wish I knew. I wish I could sure. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is what they were. Yeah, you know? I do. There's things about my dad that I just, I, I, I feel like the, the, the people that could tell me about them are probably don't aren't alive anymore. Um, yeah. So yeah. it is, it is interesting. I feel like I've become certainly more curious about my father in death than I ever was about him in life. Even though we had a great, when did, you know, was three years ago, three years ago, uh, it'll be four years ago in, uh, in like a week or two, September 2nd. Right. right. But, um, yeah, you're about 26 years ahead of me or something. <laughs> <laughs> 1992, so actually more. Sorry to brag. Right. Um, yeah, uh, what? Mm. Well, yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you're talking about it. It seems like that's a good starting point to figuring out. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, I don't always feel quite as like raw as I have been while we're talking about it. But yeah, I think it's like, I've been talking about my whole fucking life and I, people keep sending me these articles. Like the, the New York times had this article um, recently about comics talking about grief in their specials. Have you seen that? Yeah. Um, Everyone. Wasser- Do you know Ben Wasserman? No, but I know Liz Glazer who was in that article. Sure. But um, everybody sent me this article. Like everybody was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, good yeah, timing for your show. And it kind of annoyed me because I was like, and I know Liz and I, you know, I know those stories were horrible, right? About people they lost and whatever. But I was like, you know, like people like, wow, finally, people are talking about grief. I was like, I've been talking about this since 1992, this motherfuckers. Is, this has been my story. <laughs> Seriously. I was um, talking about this before the internet, before, yeah. and everybody was like, oh, mm, I think I got to go do something. You know, like people sure. just find a reason to leave. And now they're like, wow. It's so brave that these yeah. comics are talking about. It. And I was like, 
the fuck? Like, so part of me is just like, you know, it's not like, you know, it's like people writing. No, absolutely. When I saw that article, I was like, damn, I wish I had gotten my name in there. Like, well, I was like, I was like, where's it? Where's the specials? Where's the attention for the kids who lost their parents as opposed to people who are adults? Well, kids them? don't do stand up. So it's not like well, you would have had the opportunity in 1994 no, I, to I do. Mean, now. Like, I mean, now, you know, <laughs> Def Comedy Jam, Death Comedy Jam. I was a very funny kid, actually. I, I was a funny kid, but I couldn't. Um, yeah, but no, you're not wrong. I saw that, uh, and I did mention Ben. I really like his show. I interviewed him for episode four, um, but uh, he's a funny guy, and uh, he just he lost like seven people over like four years, and now he does this really like whimsical show called Live After Death, and it takes place in a funeral home. And uh, we'll probably plug your stuff also, but mostly I'm just here to plug Ben's show. Yeah, great. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but By yeah, the way, uh, just just to just to like one up Ben for a second. And I say this in my show. By the time I was in a shorter amount of time. By the time I was twenty-two, my mom was the first person. But by the time I was twenty-two, and my mom died when I was seven. Fifteen people I knew had died. Jesus. And like people I was close. Have you ever to considered killing myself? No. Yes. Well, <laughs> I kind of assumed, but I wasn't going to ask. No. I was going to say, I'm have fine. you ever considered that you might be the common link between the oh, 15 people that wow. died by the age of 20? Oh, my God. It is so good to talk to you. I didn't consider that. And now, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> this will be the next Friends show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would it be called? Like Black Widow. But not even. I wasn't like married to them. Anyway, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say. It's not. Uh, I did experience the same thing about like, oh, I thought grief was my thing. When I conceived this show, I don't know, like two years ago or something, mm -hmm. um, I Googled it and I was like, oh, fuck, there's like a lot of other podcasts about grief. Yeah, uh, but then I, this should I be had more. a list of like 20 names of like yeah. all of them already exist as podcasts. What were they? Some of them are they? defunct. Some of them are. Good Grief was going to be the go to one. Oh, Good Grief um, is stuff I've heard of before. There's a, but I had like, like a bunch of them. Uh, I'm really glad I settled with this one, but this is a good title. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, but all that, all that is to say is like when I first Googled, it, I was like, Oh fuck, I'm not even the first of like 10 comedians to have this idea. And I was like, wait a minute. Grief isn't a, it's not a, a finite commodity. No, <laughs> you know, no, no. there will always be grief. Plenty to share. Um, <laughs> in that way, COVID was kind of like a gold mine for you in a way, you know? Yeah. I, in the long run. You know, got a couple of Google alerts I've set. Uh, you know, I see someone's <laughs> obituary. Oh, grandma, rest yeah. in peace. Like, all right, yeah, seven yeah. months from now, I'm sliding the DMs. And you just got to find someone who it's like and is survived by her grandson, a comedian. From yeah, blah, exactly. blah, blah, blah. And they and usually do. don't include that in obituaries, unfortunately. I know. So, you know what? I, the one time I thought I might die was um, I was flying into Perth, Australia um, after like, a shitty comedy festival I did um, in Adelaide. You know, I did like a fringe festival trying a new show. It was like really hard. Couldn't get much of an audience, whatever. And then I got this like um, club in Perth and I was like, I'll go to Perth and that'll make it better. And they're going to pay me well, whatever. I was flying in and I felt like really like depleted, but I was like, oh, I just got to get to Perth. And as we we're like going to land, like it just felt like something was wrong on the plane. And, um, like, it was kind of like the plane just like kept slipping, like the nose of the plane was kind of, it was just like blowing, I don't know, side to side a little bit. And so 
I'm like, ah, it's probably fine. And we go, we're like, you know, if someone was on the ground, they could have touched the wheels of the plane. And right then they pull back up like immediately. Back up. Yeah. yeah. And the girls behind me just started crying and people around me started freaking out. And I was like, oh, like this is pretty bad. And they didn't say anything. And like, I could still feel that the plane was like not in a great place, whatever. And I was thinking about it and I was like trying to like come to some kind of final peace. I was like, well, this could be the end. And you really want to be the person who can be like, well, I'm grateful. And I, you know, and it's good, but I couldn't do that. And I was just thinking about stuff and I, I couldn't even feel sad. I felt kind of numb. And then the thing that made me sad first was that I thought, fuck, in my obituary, it, I'm not even successful enough that we'll say comedian Eve Ellenbogen died in a plane crash. It will just say Eve Ellenbogen died in a plane crash. And I was like, this is tragic. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like that was, and then I thought about my niece and nephew, my brother's kids. And that made me sad because I love them so much. And then we lived, you know, um, I didn't, I didn't die. I don't want to ruin the ending of the podcast, but I, I'm here. Yeah. Spoiler alert. No, yeah, I mean, I uh, truly the most I think about death well, one is on this podcast, but it's more of an abstract way. Whenever I get on an airplane, I'm just like, boy, I sure have no control over the next five hours. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. boy, I'm surrendering just my free will to the powers yes. that be. Yeah, um, same. I don't really mind flying, although I just did, I did see a horrifying article in the New York Times today about how airline safety in the U.S. has gotten way worse. But I don't mind flying. It was just that one time I was like, yeah. Oh, this is concerning. You know? Yeah, a couple, a little bit of turbulence might remind you, like, oh, this, uh, this could all just fall apart at any second. Yeah, strangely, I'm not like um, that worried about diseases and stuff. Like, you would think I'd be really paranoid about cancer and stuff, but I don't know. I just, um, I feel like lightning can't strike three times. You know, knock on wood. <laughs> No, I mean, I think you're, you seem healthy. I hope you, uh, I hope you outlive both of the uh, previous women in your family. 44. Yeah. I mean, they died at 43, but if I make it to 45, I mean, the joke I have is like, my grandmother died at 43, my mom died at 43. So if you have like any sexual feelings for me at all, yeah, just send me a message. TikTok. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might even I might even put that in the yeah, TikTok take thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, is there anything else you want me to tell you about? Like what I? I that's about it. I think I've worst thing I've, I think I've harvested yeah. enough of your trauma. Have I told you that my mom died? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Rest um, in peace, Linda. Nineteen ninety-two. Two. Yeah. Kevin. That's, a that's a long time to carry it. So I'm glad you're finally. Um. Why you said you've been talking about? But I'm glad you're finally. You know. Putting, putting in my stand-up show yeah yeah i felt like i think i just felt like um a lot of my comedy is like dirty and whatever i stand up and um i just like haven't really felt like doing ah, i still do feel like doing it but i didn't feel like only doing that and i was like but if i talk about anything that's not like sex or whatever anything that's a, even a little personal then i have to talk about my mom but i felt like i can't talk about my mom on stage because who the fuck would want to hear about it? And uh, it turns out there's a bunch of people yeah, um, yeah. who were like, give us the dead mom. It's a, uh, I wouldn't call it a silent majority, but it's a pretty underrepresented uh, demographic. There's lots of people that are holding a lot of fucking uh, 
grief, but society doesn't exactly give us tons of outlets to uh, communicate <laughs> about it, you know? Yeah, well, it's hard because it's like, if I really wanted to make the show, I do really want to make the show great, but you got to go down to this place that's so fucking hard to get to, you know what I mean, emotionally. And then oh, you yeah. have to make it Edinburgh, into some... Right? No, yeah, I don't it's, it's yeah, really yeah. hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this place in Scotland. No, but no, you're absolutely right, though. But yeah. just to, even in preparing for doing these, I'm like, the afternoon before this conversation, I was like, mm, all right, I'm going to have to go into that space mentally. Oh, really? You thought about that? Well, I usually do before I, I don't do a ton of stuff, but I go, well, this isn't a podcast where I can just throw it out. And I go, hey, let's make some fucking jokes. Uh, oh, I mean, more like, is it different because my mom died when I was a kid versus people whose parents just died recently? Um, it is, but I didn't necessarily take that into consideration. It's more just like I'm going into into, into a space where I know maybe people are going to talk about things that they haven't talked about in a while or in a way that they haven't talked about. And uh, I don't know. I want to approach that with a little bit of reverence, you know? Yeah. And uh, was mine the, the worst? No, second worst, actually. Oh, really? Uh, who's yeah, the yeah. first worst? Who, who's Why would the first? I tell you that. <laughs> when, no, then I listen to it and I'm like, I mine's where I got I'm gonna listen and compete. The thing know? is, this is my way of getting you to listen to the other twenty episodes, just so you can be a completist, and then you'll respond and I'll go, I was kidding. You were the you were the third best. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, no. yeah, yours was a walk in the park. Yeah. No, I think it I think we um I think we did uh, what we needed to do. I think it was good. Mm. Do you want to? Uh, I'll probably publish this on Thursday. You have maybe mm -hmm. a couple shows left. You want to get yeah. the plugs out? Um, sure. The show is called uh, Dead Mom Stuff. It's at the in the Edinburgh Fringe uh, at City Cafe at four thirty-five p.m. every day until Sunday the twenty-seventh. I think. Yeah. And um probably gonna do it in London too. So if you wanna know you follow you can um follow me on Instagram at Eve Elbow. Um nice. and uh everybody in the show ends up naked um and coming. Oh, so nice. like with like a sexual <laughs> like orgasm, not like yeah, yeah, attending. No, of course, that's the big finish. Yeah. Big climax. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. I like to tell people that when they're in the room. I like to tell them that before they get there, just so that they know what to expect. No, that's not true. But um, it's a good show. You should come. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see it sometime. Hopefully, uh, maybe you'll bring it back to New York. Um, yeah, that's my long-term plan. So do it back cool. in New York again. Well, Eve, thanks for sharing all your stories. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on. I think we did it. I think we landed this plane. <laughs> Not like one in Perth. <laughs> Tying it all together. Did I ever tell you that story? Yeah. Um, and uh, when I come back to New York, um, maybe I'll actually meet you in person. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to. Let's get coffee sometime. That'd be great. Bond. We can bro down yeah. about our dead parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just each um, bring a photo yeah, and we yeah, can exactly. put it on the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, nice. Cool. Well, I hope the rest of the week of shows goes well. Thank you. I, and, I think yeah. that's it. All right. Well, thank you. Be well. Goodbye. <laughs> Me too. Bye. So that was episode 21. I want to thank Eve Ellen Bogan for sharing her story with me. 
If you happen to be listening to this in Edinburgh, you have about four or five more opportunities to see her. This will be at the City Cafe every afternoon at 4.30 until the 27th. Um, And follow her on social media. If you enjoy this podcast, feel free to tell everyone you know about it. Trying to get the word out. Do appreciate everyone who's been listening so far. That's about it. Stay tuned. More episodes coming soon. Goodbye.